0: Test, 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 test. Hi. Hey, Rich. Hello. How's it going, Rosie? How's it going? How's everyone's voices this morning? La, 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 la. See, I get to produce you
1: guys. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Charles, just
0: kind of give us a little spiel to, like, kick this off. Sure. I'm Charles Duhigg, and you are listening to the year-end wrap-up of How To. And we thought we'd do something different this week which is that we got all of our staff who works on the show and makes the show happen together because we were going to talk about our favorite episodes and what we learned personally from making How To over the last 12 months in what must be one of the worst possible years on earth. So with that in mind, let's start by having everyone who works on
1: the show introduce himself. My name is Derek John, the executive producer here in Chicago.
0: And unlike Charles, I love dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I should interrupt here to explain what Derek is referring to is our recent episode How to Get Your Dog to Stop Eating Your Daughter's Underwear with Jenny Slate, in which I admit to not being much of a dog person. I I actually didn't even think we should do that episode because that sounded ridiculous to me, but it ended up being one of my favorite ones of the year.
2: Hello, my name is Rachel Allen. I help produce the show and I'm in Boston. And I also love dogs.
3: Um, hi, I'm Rosie Belson. I also help produce the show. I'm currently in Wisconsin and I don't have a dog, but we have a river in the backyard so any animals that come on through, I've always been told there are pets and they have to stay outside.
1: Hey, there
0: you go. <laughs> so you guys do pets right. <laughs> On today's show, we're going to pull back the curtain and share more behind the scenes stories, as well as our favorite advice from 2020 and how we applied it to our own lives. And we've got some surprising updates from folks we had on the show. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Hosted by Katie Milkman, an award-winning behavioral scientist and author of the best-selling book, How to Change, Choiceology is a show about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Hear true stories from Nobel laureates, authors, athletes, and everyday people about why we do the things we do. Listen to Choiceology at schwab.com podcast or wherever you listen. So we've done 48 episodes this year, which is a lot of advice and a lot of guidance and a lot of different callers and a lot of experts and a lot of problems. And we all went through trying to figure out which was our favorite episode. And so let's start with you, Rachel.
2: So my favorite episode was one that actually aired back in June. It was called How to Stand Up for Your Kid When Society Won't. And it was this mom named Karen who lived in Pennsylvania and her child had just come out to her as non-binary.
0: Let's listen to a clip from the episode. Do you feel guilty that you're struggling with this? Yes. Yes.
4: I feel like mothers should just be unconditional love. And I do really, really love my child. And I really, really want to have a good relationship with my child. But I'm being called that I have to
2: accept this. But I'm just, you know, it's been... It hasn't been quite two years yet. But I I, I wish I could just flip a switch and just be completely on board with this. But I
4: still... A struggle.
2: She was very nervous about using her name on the show. We sometimes use different names if that makes people more comfortable. But it turns out when she actually did come on the show, she used her real name. Um, she had this conversation with a woman named Lisa Del Cole. Who runs this support group for parents of transgender kids. And for Karen, Lisa was really the first parent she was able to speak with who had a similar experience as her. Um, and Lisa really helped her like role play. Like, what can Karen say when people in town ask about her kids? During the interview, you could really like kind of feel Karen open up. And then by the end of it, she had said in like her email back to us that She's just been having great conversations more with people in town. She's much more comfortable using the right pronouns for her child. Finally, we heard, I think this was like a month ago or so, she actually went on um, a national TV show, the Tamron Hall Show, with her child. And so that was just really a great moment to see her go from really wanting to keep herself so secret to then talking about it so publicly um, and really trying to help other parents too.
0: One of the things that struck me about that episode was that Karen just so clearly, like, was was desperate for help. And so just to have someone else tell her how, how to think about it and that it's okay and that she can navigate through it, she just felt so relieved at the end of the episode.
2: Yes. She came in feeling so guilty, too, um, because she had said the episode that really made her even right into the show in the first place was another one called How to Get Your Mom to Accept You, which Karen kind of saw herself in that.
1: That's definitely one of my favorite aspects of making the show, I think, is when we kind of create those connections with like the people who come on the show and then our listeners. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So Lisa, who was our expert for that, actually wrote in and said in this support group she runs for parents, one of the parents in their like introduction brought up the fact that they had listened to this podcast about a mom who had a non-binary child. Um, and it turns out it was our podcast that okay. Lisa was on, and they didn't know it was Lisa. They had just listened to it and brought it up.
1: That's great. So a little
0: plug for if you like one of our episodes, tell a friend. <laughs> it works. <laughs> okay, so Rosie, what about you? What are you... What was one of your favorite episodes from the past year?
3: Uh, My favorite episode was How to Survive a Public Shaming with Katie Hill. So former Representative Katie Hill sort of came on the podcast. She wasn't a traditional listener in the way that she was asking for advice, but she was more sharing and reflecting on what had happened to her while in Congress.
0: Let's listen to a clip. Do you remember when that kind of hit you, where all of a sudden you just felt shame?
3: Oh, uh, the the moment is completely unforgettable. It's when my staff walked into my office with just completely ashen faces, um, and turned her phone towards me, and it was it was one of the naked photos. So we paired her with John Ronson, who had sort of studied uh, public shamings and how to survive them. And it really led to this fascinating conversation on like when a public figure is going through a scandal, when is an apology necessary? Because there's this ongoing conversation um that we we've been having on a national scale about like when are apologies necessary? Who deserves a second chance? And it also led to this really interesting aspect of the role gender plays in uh, surviving public scandals, because um, as John Ronson argued, men are in a much better position to survive public scandals than women.
0: Well, one of the things that struck me is that You know, hearing her perspective, I think that sometimes you have that we all have this bias that when someone is like in the news that way, you think to yourself like, oh, they must be prepared for this or or they must have a team around them that helps them manage this emotionally and logistically. And but no, you realize like, oh, no, these are just normal people. Whose lives just get destroyed in a moment.
1: You know, she is such a complicated figure, which I think made it made it really fascinating. And I think Rosie's right. Like, hopefully, this is something that not a lot of folks in our audience can can relate to. But at the same time, there's a really nice insight I thought that that came out of that, that episode at the end, which is that we all in some ways are culpable when we share this stuff on social media. And like that was actually a lesson that I think I sort of took away from it to
0: Think twice before you, you know, pile on someone on Twitter. I think that's a really good point. Okay, so, and and Derek, that actually brings us to you. What was your favorite episode from the past year? Well, I am still very smitten with the Ben
1: Folds episode. Um, we ended up calling it How to Write the Perfect Breakup Song with Ben Folds. So I, I have to confess, I am a huge Ben Folds fan uh, going way back to college. And... It's kind of wild to think about how this one actually came together because I think we had gotten this letter from Lorenzo in Canada. He was a dental student, also an aspiring musician and songwriter. And he wrote in just saying like, I I really just, I can't write a good song. Like I, I, you know, I, I go to these open mic nights and I just kind of fall flat and I just need some help. Like, how do I actually write a song? And I think it took like six months to arrange this interview with Ben, but then we were actually able to do it in person. This is like just before the pandemic. We actually had Ben at the piano, breaking down his songwriting process.
0: Damn. God, okay, damn. so the,
1: That sounds so, so much better. <laughs> this is a rock iconic three chords. And you're not trying to embellish them in a way that that runs away from it. Own that. And then by the end of the episode, I was sort of amazed they actually crafted a song. It was a song that Lorenzo had already been working on, but it just actually you could hear it it, over the course
0: of the episode just get better and better. Watching a professional musician who has spent his whole life in music talk about and break down songs was just kind of amazing because it was clear that the, the piano was kind of a part, an extension of his brain, which actually, Rachel, brings us to the piece of advice that that we feel like we've learned the most from. And you actually chose an episode for that that similarly is, is one person going through a problem talking to someone else who's already been through that problem.
2: Yes. So I would say my favorite piece of advice. So this was actually an episode from last year and it was called how to decide whether or not to have a baby. Um, But we heard an update about it this year. So I thought the piece of advice (laughs) could count for this year. Um, But that one was with Cheryl Strayed and this woman named Megan. And the piece of advice that really stuck with me and that stuck with Megan was the idea of like when you have a really big decision to make, Cheryl said, like, imagine you're standing on a shore deciding between two ships and you're going to carry regret with you, basically, whichever ship you board. And you just kind of have to learn to be okay with that and to know that there's always going to be this like, quote unquote, ghost ship that's going to leave without you. But even just acknowledging that she was going to be giving up something kind of was freeing for her and for her husband.
4: Through the process of the podcast, we sort of ultimately decided, yes, we would you know, go forward. And, you know, now I'm sitting here talking to you with a sleeping baby on my lap. You know, it it seems like a weird thing to say, but a little podcast and the wisdom that was shared by that, partly as a result of that, there's a new person in the world. And that's pretty cool. And so I
2: think I stress a lot about making decisions, but kind of having that freedom of, okay, either way, you're going to regret something and lose something, but that's okay. But I hope I keep carrying that with me too, when it's like bigger
0: decisions. I think it is right that like no decision is perfect, that you're still going to make decisions that have costs. Like Even if you maximize for the, the best you can for your happiness, y- you're still going to actually have some things where you end up saying like, gosh, I wish I'd looked a little bit harder. That that sense of regret is actually part of making decisions. And it doesn't mean that you've made the wrong decision, it just means that you're human. Wow. Mm -hmm. You're good, Charles. You should host a podcast. (laughs) It's only because after this this gets edited, I'm going to sound a lot better. I
2: know. I've never been on the other end of it. (laughs) I feel
4: so heard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so enough philosophizing. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll hear about what's happened to some of our listeners, like the guy who owns a family business and wanted to fire his daughter. This episode is brought to you by Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology is a show all about the psychology and economics behind our decisions. Each episode shares the latest research in behavioral science and dives into themes like can we learn to make smarter decisions and the power of do-overs. The show is hosted by Katie Milkman. She's an award-winning behavioral scientist, professor at the Wharton School, and author of the best-selling book, How to Change. In each episode, Katie talks to authors, historians, athletes, Nobel laureates, and everyday people about why we make irrational choices and how we can make better ones to avoid costly mistakes. Listen and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast, or find it wherever you listen.
4: This episode is brought to you by Defender. For those who embrace the impossible, the Defender 110 is up for the adventure. This iconic vehicle has been redefined with thoroughly modern design. The exterior is reimagined with compelling proportions and precise detailing, and the interior is built with robust materials and integrity. The Defender capability is legendary, whether you're facing off road challenges or harsh weather conditions. Built for the modern explorer, the Defender 110 lets you go further and do more. And cargo capacity means more room for your gear. To drive the Defender is to explore with greater confidence. Powerful innovations like the intuitive driver display and award-winning infotainment system keep you connected. Innovative camera technologies deliver unobstructed views and effortless maneuvering. Ready for a wide range of adventures, the Defender family features the two-door Defender 90, the Defender 110, and the Defender 130, which seats up to eight. A vehicle made to go further, the Defender 110. Learn more at LandRoverUSA.com forward slash Defender.
0: Welcome back. We're rounding up our favorite advice from 2020 and how we used it in our own lives. And one of our producers, Rosie, found something really meaningful in an episode titled How to Say the Right Thing at the Worst Time
3: the listener, Anne, had just experienced a loss in her family, and she was really struggling how to come to grips with the loss herself, but also help her family members that were also struggling with this. So she was talking with Megan, who gave this really interesting piece of advice that even if you've gone through something similar, it can be very easy to be like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, here is how I've dealt with this. But You don't necessarily want to, like, jump right to that. You can extend an invitation to that person, say, I have this experience. If you want to talk about this, I'd be more than happy to. But also, like, leave it there and just listen to what they have to say.
0: Here's a clip of our expert, the grief therapist Megan Devine, who lost her husband suddenly.
3: I realize that
4: what we say to people when they're in pain isn't necessarily helpful. When people would say, you're so strong and you're so smart, You're going to find a way to get through this. The way that felt for me was, don't feel the way that you feel. Stop letting this upset you. I actually overheard people in coffee shops say, she must not have been a very good therapist if something like this upsets her.
1: Rosie, I'm so glad you you picked that one because there were so many good nuggets of wisdom in that episode, I thought. Just things that I'd, had never occurred to me. And, you know, thank God I haven't really had to put them into to practice this year yet. But if and when I need to sort of figure out how to say the right thing at the worst
0: time, I am definitely going to go back to this advice. So my favorite piece of advice from the past year, it comes from our episode with a with Taffy Brodesser-Ackner, who is an author and a reporter at the New York Times Magazine. And um, she's written a book called Fleischman is in Trouble, which is a, like a book that I love. And and we had her on to answer the question, how to write a bestseller. And our caller was this woman who has been journaling every single you know day of her life for years and years and years and she has this idea for a great book and and she just couldn't figure out how to start and so taffy's biggest piece of advice was stop journaling like like instead you should just start writing your book and like as someone who is a writer myself i've always wanted to keep diaries i always feel guilty about not keeping diaries and not writing every <laughs> single morning that was really really nice to hear Kathy, what do you think about writer's block? Like, is that something you've ever experienced? I'm so glad you asked that. It's my favorite question. I don't believe in writer's block. I wrote half of my book in the in the Nordstrom ladies room where there's a couch and the other half with children sitting next to them watching TV with them so that they would have the illusion that I was spending time with them. Like, I never ask my, my sister who's a veterinarian. I never say to her like, oh, you're not blocked today, are you? Because you have that surgery to do okay so two more questions which advice have you guys actually applied to your own lives like you can't you can't work <laughs> on an advice show and remain immune from actually trying to to take some of those tips and trying to apply them to your own day-to-day life
3: the first piece of advice came um, from a really recent show it was about how to get out of debt faster than you think and as someone who Is fresh out of college and has student loans. It really does feel like this giant weight over my head. I recently bought a car, like. I was debating whether I had enough money to buy it outright, but I didn't know if I should, you know, put that money directly towards my student loans and take out a smaller loan to like buy the car because it would be a lower interest rate. But I took the advice to have as little debt as you you can have over your, over your head. So it's uh, like a really basic piece of advice. But I just uh, bought the car outright. So I'd have one less loan.
0: That's great. W- Rachel, what about you? Like what what piece of advice did you uh, end up adopting into your life?
2: So this one has actually come up a lot. And Charles, I've heard you say this a lot too. But basically reward yourself for trying to build new habits. And this came up in two episodes in particular that stood out in my mind. One of them was called How to Stop Procrastinating. And later in another episode called How to Actually Lose Weight and Keep It Off. In that episode, our our expert, Katie Milkman, said somewhat of a similar thing of when you're trying to make yourself exercise, like only watch a TV show then that you don't allow yourself to watch any other time or only listen to a podcast then um, as you're doing this difficult thing. So I kind of adopted that in terms of I like to run, but I've been trying to run longer distances. And so I've... started doing kind of what katie said of only listening to a certain podcast when i go on these long runs and then afterwards only eating this certain type of peanut butter granola bar that's really good that i don't let myself <laughs> eat any other time other than after those long runs i
0: love that your reward no, is a granola it's bar peanut <laughs> butter on, and Rachel.
3: chocolate. <laughs> so
0: it's like a reese's cup <laughs> so it's a candy bar it's Basically. a candy bar that pretends okay. to be a granola yeah, bar the okay best kind well, that's a pretty good <laughs> reward Another episode that I've been thinking about a lot lately was How to Save Your Marriage, where this marriage therapist named Julie Gottman explained how to do I-statements, which is something that I would always heard you're supposed to do if you're in an argument, but I never really knew how to do it. And Julie explained that there's like a, a formula to I-statements. I feel about what, and here's my positive need. I feel upset that the kitchen is a mess. Now, the positive need means you're not talking about what you don't want. You're talking about what you do want. And you have to be very specific about it, very concrete. I would love it if you could pay the bills by next Monday. That would take a load off my plate. Okay. So the other thing that I wanted to ask you guys about is that there is a lot of feedback that we get from listeners who have both heard the show and people who have been on the show after the show airs. So, like, what have we heard from listeners?
2: I mean, we've gotten so many. I will say two of my favorites that have always stood out were in response to our episode, um, How to Find Your First Kiss at 38, in which it was about this woman named Sharon who was 38 and had never been kissed. Um, and we set her up with a matchmaker to kind of talk about what she can do differently with dating, et cetera. Um, and so we actually got two emails after that from two men in their 40s who said they also had never kissed anyone and that they really just empathized with Sharon and that they enjoyed hearing her story.
0: And did you introduce either of them to Sharon? Like, is there any?
2: No, I didn't. But oh, I thought about okay. it. <laughs> if, if we become a matchmaking show, maybe.
0: <laughs> and, and so there's one episode in particular that like I keep on thinking about, which is how um, how to fire your daughter, where Kyle had reached out to us because he really wanted to fire his daughter. Like, like his daughter was working for him in his insurance company. He thought he she was doing a terrible job. He wanted to fire her, but he just couldn't figure out whether he should or how to do it. Did we ever hear back from him? I mean, I think almost a year to the day later, we just got
1: a, an email from him like a month ago saying he had actually finally Done it. And actually Rachel, you you Mm -hmm. spoke with him a little bit. Yes, I did. One Friday she did not show up and I text her and finally just said basically you cannot work here anymore. She did come back, you know, and say, You're right, I just can't work there. And so she's moving forward. She has, you know, posted her resume on a few job boards. Certainly, I'm disappointed and frustrated, but I, I'm not mad, and I do want to see her, and I do want to have a relationship, and, you know, I love her. She's my daughter, and I just wish the best for her.
2: But, yeah, I guess to kind of end Kyle's story, he's hoping to kind of bring her back um, to the company, maybe someday, so who knows? Um, another email that I thought was really moving was from our episode, um, how to kick a meth habit. Um, and our listener was this man, Jason, who had been struggling with a meth addiction for many years and was now recovering and was kind of figuring out how he could get back custody over his kids and just kind of turn his life around. Um, and so his 13 year old son actually wrote into us after the episode and said, you know, I loved hearing how hard my dad is working to Get back with us and I'm really proud of him. Um, and Jason wrote us as well about how many people in his town kind of was like, Oh, hey, I thought really differently of you after hearing this episode and realizing what you're going through. And that seemed pretty, pretty positive for him and his recovery.
0: That's really nice.
1: Yeah, when when his like 13-year-old son wrote in to say how much this had kind of changed his life. It was really, I mean, that that's 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 why you get up every day, you know? It's just kind of like not to, not to be too corny, but I feel like if our show can change even one life like that, that's, that's pretty amazing.
0: Thank you to everyone who's written in with a problem this year. We've really, really appreciated getting all of them and, and hopefully helping some of you. And in 2021, as we embark on this new year, if you have a problem that needs solving, we would love to hear from you. You can always send us a note at howtoitslate.com or you can leave us a voicemail at
1: 646-495-4001. So, Charles, we have yeah. one last thing before we go. It's kind of a, a tribute <laughs> to the singularity of Charles Duhigg. I'm now
0: terrified what this is. <laughs> yeah. 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 I found your your podcast and started listening and I, I thought that
1: your affect is, is just amazing. I I really appreciate it that yeah that
0: you do. Um I don't know <laughs> if they teach you that in journalism school. Um, <laughs> That's very nice of you. Charles, can I get a yeah like that really soft like yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I want you to know my wife has never, ever appreciated that. So I really appreciate it, Donnie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that was Donnie, our listener from Kansas City, who was trying to find a new career. And uh, yeah, I, I love that he, he recognized that that little verbal tick of yours. Uh, and, and I have to say, all of those yas that you heard in that little montage, I think all of those came from that one episode. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm totally
1: serious Yeah Yeah Yeah, You're right (laughs) (laughs) I know Once you hear it it, You can't can't
0: unhear it (laughs) How To's executive producer As you heard in this episode Is Derek John Rachel Allen and Rosemary Belson Produced the show And Merritt Jacob Is our engineer Our theme music Is by Hannes Brown June Thomas Is senior managing producer And Alicia Montgomery Is executive producer Of Slate Podcasts Gabriel Roth Is Slate's editorial director Of audio Special thanks to Asha Saluja. I'm Charles Duhigg. Thanks for listening this year and have a great, great 2021.